I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It's coming on! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass. Hello and good afternoon everyone to this week's Rugby Weekly. I'm Gary Doyle. I'm delighted to be joined here by my colleague from the 42, Kieran Kennedy. Kieran, good afternoon. How's things up in Dublin? Any any mad weather like we're having down here in, in the Midlands? Yeah, the weather's bananas actually. I was, I was out for cycle this morning and like sun is splitting stones. Lovely day. I was really looking forward to the RDS later. And for the last half an hour here, it's been absolutely torrential rain. Um, so yeah, don't know whether to pack the sun cream or the rain jacket for tonight, but... Looking forward to the RDS this evening? Yeah, I am. I am, yeah. Like, you have to be looking forward to games at this stage of the season, don't you? Like, knockout rugby, who knows? Maybe maybe the last game of the season tonight, if things don't go Leinster's way. Um, not that I can really see that happening, but yeah, you've got to be looking forward to, to games at this time of the season. And I think it's a great semi-final matchup. Two Irish teams against, you know, the pick of South Africa, it's... You wouldn't have picked this out at the start of the season with the way the way the season started for the South African team. So, you know they've really they've really come into it, and yeah, it's kind of fascinating weekend ahead. What way do you see it going as as a matter of as a matter of interest, Kieran? Like, I mean, the teams. We'll just read out the Leinster team. The teams are pretty interesting in the sense that Robbie Henshaw and Jack Conan returned to Leinster starting fifteen. Johnny Sexton's been named on the bench. The Bulls have made no changes to their starting fifteen from last week's win over the Sharks, but they have brought Bismarck the Plessis and WJ Steenkamp onto the bench. And on the back of those pronunciations, I don't think I'm going to be getting headhunted by any South African TV channel to, to front up their commentary uh, for, the, for, this, for this weekend's games, or indeed for any games. But if we look at the Leinster side, they've gone for Jimmy O'Brien at fullback, Jordan Larmer on the wing, Rory O'Loughlin on the other wing, the centre pairing, of Gary Ringrose and Robbie Henshaw, halfback pairing of Ross Byrne, Jameson Gibson Park, the front row, Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan, Tag Furlong, second row, Joe McCarthy and James Ryan, and the back row, and what an impressive looking back row this is, Caelan Doris, Josh van der Fleer, and Jack Conan. What name stands out for you there in that 15, Kieran? Yeah, I, I think... Like just across the board this weekend, I think you've got very settled looking teams. And like Leinster won, what, 76 14 last weekend, and they brought in Robbie Henshaw and Jack Conan and added Johnny Sexton to the bench. I mean, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about Leinster this week. But the one name that really jumps out for me is, um, is Joe McCarthy. Um, and this is just what Leinster do so well. Like he, he's 21. He was playing for Trinity only a couple of months ago. I think he's winning his 11th cap for Leinster tomorrow. The only player in the Leinster pack who hasn't been capped for Ireland. And and that said, like he has been in camp already, but he's starting this game while Ross Maloney, who's having arguably his best ever season, and Ryan Baird sitting on the bench. Like What a vote of confidence that is in a young player against a team like the Bulls. The second row is maybe one position where there has been a bit of doubt around for Leinster over the years. And you've obviously got Devin Tone retiring at the end of the season. Like people were wondering why they were letting Jack Dunn go off to Exeter. Like Leo Cullen was asked yesterday why Joe McCarthy was getting a nod again this week, having played well against Glasgow. And Cullen just said like he brings power, and you know that's that's what Leinster need, and that's what Leinster have been looking for. He's he's such an exciting prospect, and he's just kind of settled into this Leinster team so quickly. And just when you see the caps beside the names in that Leinster team tomorrow, like he he just jumps out and 
he he's just having a fantastic end of the season and like I think we're going to see him feature for Ireland at some stage in, in New Zealand over the summer and they just do this so often there's always one every season that kind of breaks through and he seems to be the man this year mm-hmm. Tell me this from watching you've seen a lot of Leinster in recent weeks you're in Marseille for the defeat to La Rochelle there's a lot of people that are suggesting that the Bulls could copy the La Rochelle template and sort of bring that physicality to the tackle to the rook area and really discomfort Leinster is that a realistic comparison to make in your view? Uh, it, I, I think it is and it isn't. I think obviously teams are going to target those areas when they're playing Leinster because like Leinster don't have many weaknesses and, and that is maybe one area where you can get at them. But like I still think that the, the La Rochelle game, like it wasn't necessarily the Leinster were just overpowered. I think if they were braver with their play that day and were a bit more ambitious, I think they win that game for as good as, as La Rochelle were. So I don't think it's as straightforward as, you know, you can try bully Leinster and and you're going to win. Like, there's there's a lot of powerful players in that team and they've beaten a lot of powerful teams this year. Like, and the Bulls, with all due respect, like, they're not La Rochelle either. They don't have, like, they've lots of good players in their squad. They're a talented squad, but they, like, they don't have a Will Skelton or, or people of that kind of size. Like, it is a different level. Um, I think just the thing about the Bulls is, like, they've, like, they... They lost 31-3 to Leinster on the opening weekend of this competition. And then they went to Connacht and, and got a bit of a hide in there as well. Like, they've recovered so well and kind of should be commended for that. Like, it has been a difficult adjustment for them coming into a new league. And just the South African teams in general, like, playing teams who play a different way. Some of the South African teams, like, felt they didn't even fully understand the way the game's been refereed in the early weeks of the season. But but they've come good. Like, three three teams in the quarterfinals, two in the semifinals they've bought into this competition and, and made a real go of it. And they've probably been the best thing about the URC since the turn of the year with the way they've, I suppose, rallied and like stormed up the table. Um, but yeah, they've like, they don't have the same amount of spring boxes as some of the other South African teams. Like, as you said, it's, it's unchanged from last weekend. I think it's 12 of the team that featured in the Aviva on the opening weekend. So there is a kind of set look about them. They don't change their team up too much and you kind of know what you're going to get. Like, um, but they come here in good momentum. I think they've won nine of their last ten. And while there is a lot of focus on the power they bring, I think to their credit, like they, they it's kind of power with a bit of purpose. Like they've they're the second highest try scorers in the competition, yeah. and they've actually thrown the most offloads in the competition. So it's not just old school up the jumper power. It's power in terms of trying to build an actual attacking platform, and and they've got good attacking players in the team. And um, that said traveling to Dublin to play Leinster is a big ask for any team um, in Europe doing it on a six day turnaround from South Africa that's really really hard and like ex-players and coaches who have been talking this week and know much more about this stuff than I do have kind of stressed that you can't underestimate how difficult that travel element is so I don't think they're going to win tonight but I just hope they can give a good account of themselves because they have been really good up to this point and like I know some people are tipping this as a bit of a, a rollover again for Leinster I, I really hope we don't see that after last weekend because it's not what anybody wants to see at this stage of the competition the Bulls are a better team than Glasgow I think they'll put up a good fight and yeah I just hope it's a good contest Are they a better team Kieran, than the side that were beaten 31-3? Yeah absolutely for for those reasons I've just touched on, like they've they've got used to the league. Um yeah. they they now kind of have a better understanding of the teams they're playing against and like 
the way they need to play, I suppose. And like they, they have, like again, I'm trying not to just repeat myself here, but like they have come good since what, like Christmas or January. Like they've built momentum. They've they've learned how to win games in this league, and they've they've like they've they they deserve their place at this stage of the season. Like the travel thing again is is really difficult for them, and I think next year will be interesting because teams are going to place a much higher kind of emphasis on trying to get those top seeding positions and ensure they've got those home draws because it's vital it's absolutely vital I'm, absolutely. I'm a i'm a broken record on this subject but the statistics over 20 years of professional rugby over longer than that back up the idea that home advantage is a big advantage when it comes to playoff rugby one thing that really struck me from your preview of the game this morning kieran on the 42 was the the attendances like Ulster, so many empty seats at Ravenhill last Friday for a crunch game against Munster. There were even more empty seats in the RDS on Saturday for their match against Glasgow. What's happening here? We're coming to the, the business end of the season and yet like the URC has been so much better. This season has been so much better than last year and yet fans are staying away. Can you put your finger on... Why, why that is happening? I think there's a lot of different elements to it and I think you're right to just highlight at the start that I think the URC has been fantastic this season and, and I've really enjoyed it and I've probably enjoyed covering the league more than I have any other year. There's been some fantastic games and the yeah. South African teams have added so much to it. But the attendances for the knockout games, like I just think that the URC are kind of doing themselves no no favors here. Like you mentioned that Ulster game, that that's a Friday night kickoff in Belfast is is a horrible match for Munster supporters to get to, um, and then like the, the the rugby season stretching out this long is also definitely having an impact. Like I was in the RDS last weekend, there was less than ten thousand people there for not only a knockout game in the RDS but also the first game in the RDS since since February, I think. So it's not even like fatigue of getting to that stadium week on week and just kind of seeing Leinster bowl teams over, you know. It was also obviously on the back of what was for a lot of people a very expensive trip to Marseille um, against the Glasgow team that, you know, nobody was really... Like, I know we tried to talk them up a bit last week, but nobody realistically thought they, they were going to have much of a chance. And again, like, it's, that's, that's part of it. Like, a lot of... Most people think Leinster are going to win tonight and they're going to have to put their hands in their pockets again for a URC final next week. And free, there's, there's so much to it. Like, this free-to-air TV comes into it as well. Like, if you were thinking about going to a match last weekend, you might have decided to actually, I'm just going to sit at home and I'm going to watch Ireland against Armenia. I'm going to watch... Leinster take on Glasgow and then I'm going to watch the Leinster hurling final now you would have sat through three pretty shite games but you know you, you had that option there and that, that feeds into it for the people who aren't that I suppose core group of supporters who are going to go to any game no matter what like by the sounds of it Leinster will be doing well to get 12,000 into the RDS tonight and it's just a shame for knockout rugby like there's only going to be a maximum of two more Leinster games this season for some of the players involved. Like you've got like Sean Cronin on the bench. Like you're, there's not too many more opportunities to see these guys these guys play for Leinster, and like it's it's not a good look for the competition. But it's it's like tough for people to keep putting their hands in their pockets, and these games aren't part of season tickets. And mm-hmm. you've you've just got so much competition as well with like the Ireland home games at the moment and the GA Championships. If you're more of a kind of floating fan, which you do get at this time of the season in particular 
like you've you've got a lot of different things fighting for your attention. Tell me this: Will we be seeing Leinster on Saturday week? Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Like it's just as as much of as the Bulls have brought this year and the way they've kind of turned their form around. Like I I keep just coming back to that travel thing. Like it's such a huge ask for them to come yeah. to Dublin and get a result. And like Leinster, last week was really important for them. You know the there was a lot of hurt and pain around the place after La Rochelle, understandably, and that hasn't totally disappeared, but I think beating Glasgow in the manner they did last weekend was was really important in terms of just getting back on the horse, and you kind of feel like that's them just kind of set now again for, in a tournament that is that is much more winnable for them than the Champions Cup is, and you know, they, they are so desperate to not end a season with, with no silverware, and it, sure. we've become so accustomed to seeing Leinster win the league like Europe is the focus but it's almost like unthinkable to think that a Leinster team of this quality could actually finish the season without a trophy there's a pressure that comes with that but like you look at the strength of that team like it's bursting with internationals they they kind of shook off the cobwebs of Marseille last week and I think they're just they're in a good position to kick on this week like the bench they have tomorrow Johnny Sexton Ross Maloney like Ryan Baird Kieran Frawley, like these are players like the Bulls don't want to see coming on for the last twenty minutes if they manage to keep it a, a tight game. So, yeah, it's it's hard to see anything other than a Leinster win. So a Leinster win, who will they be playing? That's the interesting one. I think it's everyone can generally agree that a Stormers Ulster is a, a much tougher game to call. Ian Henderson will captain an unchanged Ulster side. Um, for their trip to Cape Town. Now, this this is a huge game for a number of reasons, not just because it's a semi-final, but also when these sides last met in March, there was huge controversy at the end of that game. It finished 23-20 to the Stormers, but Ulster had a try incorrectly ruled out right at the end. Uh, Callum Reid was the unlucky guy whose score was not allowed to stand. So that's left a bit of a bitter taste in the mouths of the Ulster contingent. Dan McFarland was asked about this last Friday night in the aftermath of their victory over Munster and he used a very short sentence. He just said, we owe them one and it'll be interesting to see whether they can go and deliver on their trip back to Africa. Now, what's also interesting about this game is the fact that it's the first semi-final in 10 years for the Stormers. They're coming up against an Ulster side who are playing their fourth semi-final since Dan McFarland took charge. It's a really intriguing match, Kieran. What is it that catches your eye from it? I think the match in March that you touched upon there is a kind of fascinating element to this, and this is definitely a much more difficult game to call. Like if you if you go back to that previous Ulster Stormers game, like um, like where with that with that late try being chalked off, you know, Ulster would have won that game, and this game might be in Belfast tomorrow if if things had played out differently. Like that's that's a great motivator to carry across a long flight down to Cape Town, and I think it should also be a source of real confidence. Not many teams go to the Stormers and put them under as much pressure as Ulster did that day, even if they didn't get the result in the end, and they did that without Ian Henderson, without James Hume. There was no Robert Balakoon, um, there was no Ethan McElroy, and there was no Nick Timoney. So they're going to South Africa this time around in better shape than they did last time. Like that said, it's a big ask, and I am leaning towards the Stormers, just given their own form. And like again, like the Bulls, the fact that Ulster have to make that long journey down to South Africa. But this is it's definitely a game Ulster can win. The 
these South African teams, like, it, they don't want to play at the pace that an Ulster or a Leinster look to bring to a game. And if Ulster can, you know, assert their style on the game tomorrow and, and bring the game in the direction that they want to, they'll be they'll be hard bet, put it that way. I thought it was interesting last week that um, James Hume mentioned after the Munster game that, you know, they maybe play too conservative in some of these big games. So I think they'll look to attack and move the ball through the hands again this weekend. Like, that's that's what they're so good at. Then the other side of that is one issue the Stormers have kind of openly addressed um, is their discipline. They have the, the most yellow cards in the URC this season, I think, and Ulster, on the other hand, have the best record in terms of penalties conceded. If that trend continues and Ulster can get opportunities to kick to the corner, like their maul is a real weapon and something they can take a lot of confidence and lean on, I think, tomorrow because the Stormers just might offer them a few wins that way. And... Even in the, in, the, in the March game, I think the Stormers gave Ulster something like seven opportunities from five metres out just through like, their discipline. So that, 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 that's huge in a game. Absolutely. And the Ulster mall has been really effective this year. The Stormers mall defence has been a little bit iffy. A lot of speculation has also surrounded uh, their midfield partnership this week, Kieran. Now, in the end, D- Damien Willems seemed to rec- has recovered from injury. He has been named in their starting 15 for tomorrow's game. So he and Ruan Nell will be going up against James Hume and Stuart McCluskey. Is this a key, key area that if Ulster get right and the Stormers get wrong, that could see Ulster come away with an away? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And and again, like you're, you're looking at someone like James Hume who wasn't involved the, the last time they went there, who's, who's, you know, maybe Ulster's player of the season, the form he's in. Like he's been fantastic. And without, I know you were talking about McCluskey on... Um, on, on Monday's podcast with the lads so we won't go into all that again but like you know the, the strengths he brings to, to Ulster are just like huge like Valencia is an interesting one because it's kind of it was actually reminding me of, of the Will Skelton situation around that La Rochelle Leinster game it sounded like there was no hope of him, of him playing again at the end of the season and then all of a sudden he's back in and like he, he is a bit of a game changer for them and it's, it's a really massive boost for them to have him back like his, his partnership with Nell has just been instrumental for the Stormers this year and again like again it's like the Bulls they're a team who have built really good momentum and um, you know they've won their last I think it's their last nine matches since losing to Connacht all the way back in February they've only they've only lost once at home all season like Cape Town it, it's a very difficult place to go and and just even looking beyond midfield like they've, they've got threats all over the pitch and um, there's huge excitement in South Africa around Evan Roos who's a back row player who just like loves to get the ball in his hands yeah, I think the most carries this season, most defenders beaten this season. He's only he's only twenty two, being tipped for the Springboks. Razi Erasmus was on Twitter, I think, a while ago, singing his praises. He's he's one of those players that's really good at gaining those extra couple of meters in contact and just generates a lot of momentum with his carrying. Um, so yeah, it's a fascinating game, and even we obviously were very focused on the Ulster side of the fallout of that March game, but if you look at the way the Stormers look at it. They, they felt that it was their discipline that let them down and that they offered Ulster too many ins into the game and like Ulster fell 14-0 down within what 10, 10 minutes like that's just like they, they can't afford a start like that tomorrow you know they've got to keep things tighter they've got to just just you know play smart rugby at the start like if you kick to they kicked a lot against the Stormers last time and the Stormers have players in their back three who just love to counter and run and try to find space so I think the key for us to this week is just try play 
try lean on the strengths that they showed against Munster. You know, play with that same confidence and ambition and don't just resort to just the kicking the ball away and looking for territory. Take those opportunities when they're there, but it's all about getting that balance right. You certainly don't want to be kicking ball away to back three of Gallant, St. Atla and Leon Zas, three superb players who really took it to Ulster when these sides met in March. One thing that's really, really interesting looking at Ulster from, from a bit of a distance, Kieran, is the fact they've been knocking on the door for a few years now. They've been to the 2019 semi-finals of the Pro 14, to the 2020 final of the Pro 14, now in the semi-final of the first ever URC. They've been quarter-finalists in the Champions Cup in 2019 and in 2020, and they got the semi-final of the Challenge Cup last season. This year, they got to the round of 16 in the Champions Cup. They have way more playoff experience than the Stormers have. Is this a factor? It has to be a factor to to some degree, but also like you can, you can, you have to think that you know this is this is a game in its own right away from away from being a, a semi final. Like I think the Stormers have spoken about the fact that with the way they've needed to climb the table in the last while, they've kind of viewed every game in that kind of knockout sense. So they've come used they they're they're well used to winning games that they've needed to win mm-hmm. under pressure. Um, but you're dead right in everything you said about Ulster there. Like they they've been here before and. Like they've come out on the wrong side of some of these games on, on, on very kind of tight margins sometimes, but like they know what it takes to win these games as well. Now, if they are to kind of do it this year and get to a URC final and maybe even go all the way, like they're going to have to do it the hard way. Munster didn't really show up last week, but they still had to win an Interpro Derby at home. They've now had to go to South Africa and like, I, I'm sick of talking about the travel to a degree, but like it is a really, really difficult ask. And then if they win tomorrow, they're going to have to back that up with a final again a week later. Like the the schedule is really really difficult to manage. And as I said at the kind of the top of the the, the podcast here, like these these are very settled teams. Like there's no there's no changes to this Ulster team. We we know what kind of team you're going to get, what kind of approach you're going to get. You think, and it's the it's the same players at this stage now just being asked to deliver week on week in week out, and that's across. Well, that's, the board. I'm sorry to cut across you again, but that's actually a really interesting point that you're making about how settled the Ulster side is when you consider that Mike Laurie is gone for the season, Will Addison's gone for the season, we haven't seen Jacob Stockdale, and yet in the absence uh, in the absence of these key players, and you add in Luke Marshall's long-term absence from the side as well, we have seen Stuart Moore develop, Balakun mature into an even better player, you can say the same for James Hume, we've seen Ethan McElroy develop into a really, really top-class wing. And yet, they wouldn't have had those opportunities, probably, had it not been for that list of injuries that I've just mentioned prior to that. What does this say about McFarlane's approach since he took the job in terms of bringing young players through? It's It says that they're a well-coached team, and it's everything that we say about Leinster so often with the way guys, when they get their opportunity, they just slot into the team and they know their roles. Like... I think Ethan McElroy is a really good example of somebody who's just been playing some excellent rugby all season and maybe doesn't get the same um, kind of headlines as like the likes of a Balakoon who is just a bit more of that kind of X factor and a bit more of an eye catching type type winger. But like Stuart Moore comes in last week and you know a big performance against against Munster when previously you might be 
wondering like god like mike larry is such a loss and what are they going to do like people are just coming in and delivering and like we're not talking about the players they're missing that's the big thing i think with ulster this year they are missing a lot of players like you mentioned jacob stock jacob stockdale there like we haven't been talking about god you know ulster really could do with a jacob stockdale for these type of games because the because the, the other wingers are stepping in and delivering and that all comes down to coaching like we've seen enough evidence uh with ulster's progression i think over the last few years that they are a team that is at, at the very least kind of building towards something and kind of heading in the right direction like they have been knocking on the door it's about kind of taking that next step which is really difficult to do against you know some really really strong opposition but they're continually there and thereabouts like there's a mental resilience to that too when you are at this stage of the season they are always going to be an underdog to some degree they're doing it and they're doing it without key men and like that just again it comes down to having just a strong squad who are kind of pulling in the same direction and there's, there's buy-in there and belief there clearly okay that's great stuff we're going to head for home now Kieran. but before we do so could you could you call this one who do you who are you going to put your money on um i am leaning towards the stormers after all the nice things i've just said about ulster i think that i think the travel thing is just is just huge and and i've been really kind of impressed with them over the last while as well so we're going to go for a leinster versus Stormers final as our predictions and we'll leave it at that we'll wrap up this show but before we do go there's just a couple of things to alert you to the first of those is an event that we're going to be hosting in the Harcourt Hotel in Dublin on June 29 that'll be previewing Ireland's tour to New Zealand so to find out how you can get tickets for that event you can go on to the 42's website and all the details will be there the next podcast we've got coming up for you is on monday and that will be hosted by gavin casey kieran will be back with you then as well along with bernard jackman until then thanks for listening enjoy the rugby this weekend and we'll see you i don't think we've met before but i'm the referee on this field leinster could have me five mil a year i wouldn't go (laughs) (laughs) rugby rugby weekly